Hi friends, welcome back to Hold Up Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole, here with a brand new episode on a topic that I think a lot of people can relate to, and it's how I deal with imposter syndrome and how I choose self-love over self-doubt. Now, for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's when a person finds it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Um, They tend to doubt their abilities in their work life and or in their creative space and often feel like a fraud or phony, almost as if the way they obtained their success was through dumb luck. Now, imposter syndrome isn't like a disease, uh, but it's more of an experience people go through. Um, It's also sort of like a form of anxiety. So today I'm going to be talking about how that experience affected me in the creative world, which is something that I really immersed myself in these past eight years of my life, um, and how I tried to bounce back from it. So I really hope this helps. I hope you kind of can relate to this topic. I think a lot of people in their life have experienced a form of this feeling. So I really hope you're engaged, you take a lot away from it, and even if you don't experience the definition of this syndrome that I just explained, hopefully my experience and little parts of it you can sort of connect with. So if you're interested, stay tuned. So I'm going to begin um, when I was around 20 years old when I decided to start a YouTube channel. I remember I just uh, got accepted into this study abroad program to Italy. I lived in Italy for about two months over the summer when I was 20, and it was the best time of my life. And at the time, I was on YouTube a lot, and I would see a lot of these YouTubers have, you know, makeup tutorials and vlogs. And I remember I went on YouTube a lot to look at people's experiences who had traveled abroad, and I just figured I could be just like them. And so I grabbed my phone. Um, I remember I flew out there. And after three days of being in Italy, I lost my phone. I was so heartbroken. Oh my god! Um, I'm thinking about right. Uh, I'm thinking about recording an episode on my experience studying abroad in Italy, but um, just to kind of stay on track. Uh, I remember I lost my phone, and it completely discouraged me from even trying to have a YouTube channel at that point because I was relying on my phone to, you know create content while I was out there, my experiences, little montages of the places I was going to. And without having that, it really kind of just discouraged me for really trying. I did have an iPad, which I could have used and I did try to use, but the imaging was absolutely terrible. So I never got around to do it. Uh, Fast forward until I was about 22 years old, I decided up again that I wanted to create a YouTube channel. And so I decided at that point, well, I didn't want to do makeup tutorials because at the time I was learning makeup, but I didn't really, it wasn't something that I was really into. And I thought I was funny. I remember at the time Vine um, was like popping and I did have a Vine account, but there was a lot of pressure on being funny. So I didn't want to focus too much on that. So I wanted to make videos where I would give advice to people. I sort of wanted to be some kind of mentor. I wanted to provide a service on my YouTube channel, you know, a place where girls can go and look for advice or sort of like look up to me because at the time I didn't really feel like I didn't have any else to offer. I didn't do makeup. I love traveling, but at the time um, I had done all my traveling already. So I was kind of at a place in my life where I was just working and going to school. So I felt like I didn't really have content to post as far as traveling goes. And I didn't, 
I didn't want to be like a comedian either. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to write. I'm going to not write. I'm sorry. I'm going to record videos of me giving advice, sharing my experiences with different things and just sort of talk to a camera in that sense. But I fall under this pressure of wanting to have these high quality videos. So the first record, the first video I posted on my YouTube channel or not the first, but one of the first was I wrote a love letter to myself. I created like this big picnic in my backyard. I bought wine, strawberries, uh, all these like colorful snacks. And I recorded myself writing a letter to myself. And then I did a voiceover of me reading that letter into the microphone as like the background audio for the video. And I was so proud of myself. It felt very vulnerable, but it also felt very real. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like people are really going to connect with it. I think this is great. And then I followed up with another video where I talked about, I think the five lessons I learned uh, being single or something like that. I'd have to look back at it. Um, but I remember I went to this garden out in Orlando with a friend of mine and we did like a photo shoot I sat on a bench I talked to the camera the video is actually still on my YouTube channel so if you want to watch a cringy video of a 22 year old giving love advice uh, you could go on my YouTube channel it's the same as my Instagram handle Nicole Asep and uh, I felt really proud of it and I remember following up after recording the video I had connected with an old friend who helped me edit the video and I remember just we stood up for nine hours literally nine hours editing this video to what I wanted because at the time this friend of mine was going to Full Sail University which is uh, kind of like a media focused university and he had like all the top-notch qualities or not qualities uh software systems in his computer but I promise you if you look at that video you would literally look at the edits and think to yourself Nicole did you really spend nine hours at this like I could have done this for you in 10 minutes it's kind of like I said it's just cringy <laughs> this was like six years ago anyway but I remember just doing that and after spending nine hours editing this video about what felt like four hours even recording it um, as far as like setting up the tone and figuring out good lighting and you know the angles and everything and not stuttering while I record myself it only received about maybe like 10 views in one day and I felt so discouraged I was like oh my god like I invested so much time on creating this video only for what 10 people to watch it when probably 10 views of that were five of mine of refreshing the video and watching it myself you know just really embarrassing stuff and so that part really discouraged me from even wanting to continue to create a YouTube channel because then I started to look at other YouTubers and I was like oh my god they have better quality cameras their editing softwares are way better than what I have and you know the editing softwares that they claim to use cost $300 to download and that wasn't the kind of money I was willing to spend at the time and it just felt very it was a lot of pressure and even about a year later I decided to sort of dabble in it again and sort of just be more free with it and create vlogs um, until I had a friend of mine just kind of say to me well Nicole who's gonna watch somebody for 40 minutes or 20 minutes talk about nothing in their car because that's what at least the first two episodes that I up or the two videos I uploaded on YouTube 
were of. It was me in the car ordering Starbucks and doing errands and just talking freely into the camera. And when my friend sort of brought that to my attention, like, you know, Nicole, 20 minutes, 40 minutes of you doing that, like, no one's going to watch that. I took that and was like, yeah, you're probably right. And I just stopped. I stopped recording. And, you know, it's, I don't blame anybody for that. You know, at the end of the day, clearly I didn't want it bad enough because I'm sure people have been told a lot of things um, when they've started something new and have ignored them and have eventually become successful in their craft. But at the time, I just felt so vulnerable and brand new to this space that when somebody from the outside looking in was like, Nicole, no, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And I sort of just like gave it up. Um, but it still kind of ate me up inside this idea that I, you know, I wanted to be in the creative space, but I felt like, well, if I can do YouTube, what would be another thing I can do? And so that's when I decided I wanted to become a writer. And what's pretty funny is that when I was much younger, I used to write poems and I loved writing stories. And I used to say when I was a child, oh, I want to be a poet when I grow up. Because at the time I would go to the library, I would find all these poem books and I would try to write my own poems. At the time, I would have my mom buy me like CDs and I would listen to CDs and write down the rhymes that they would <laughs> sing in these songs and then take those same rhymes and apply it to my poems so that they sound more, you know, creative and well-versed. And, you know, this is somebody who always liked writing. So as an adult, I was like, well, why don't I do something that I feel safe in? So that's when I decided to create a website where I would just write articles. And I remember I would write down articles like reviews on bars that I would go to my experience when I had traveled to Seattle by myself. And I felt really confident in what I was doing because for the first time it felt like I was actually doing something right. And I think a part of me also felt like writing was safe in the sense that, you know, YouTube at the time was at its peak, at least in my perspective, it felt like it was at its peak. Everybody was either on YouTube, creating YouTube, or people on YouTube was finding fame, like real fame. And these same people were being judged by their looks, by their everything, their voice, their their face, their bodies. And I just felt like I wasn't ready for that. Um, I'm actually really insecure about a lot of things about my face. Like I have crooked teeth. Um, I felt like if I talked to the camera, people would pay attention to that and judge me for it. Um, it's just other little things about me that I point out, which when I talk about with my friends, they're like, Nicole, you're crazy. Like, why are you? And it's just like, no, no, just leave me alone. <laughs> um, so I just felt like with writing, it just felt more like, well, people who like to read will read it. And the people who will take the time to read it are because they're genuinely interested instead of YouTube. Whereas people who watch YouTube are just either because they want to know what you are saying and doing because they want to be nosy or because they really like you. Writing felt more like, uh, ex not exclusive, but more like, well, if people don't like to read, they're not going to pay attention. For the people who like to read are going to take the time to read it. And if they like me, they'll actually read the whole article. If not, they won't. So it just felt more, it, it felt safe. Um, so I really focused in on that and it, and it was fun for me. And I noticed that anytime I would post fun pictures along with my articles, I would get 
high engagement. And so it felt motivating for me to write these articles along with posting these beautiful pictures, whether it's of the travel places I would go to. So for example, I remember writing an article in Puerto Rico. Um, I had went with my mom uh, to visit some family and I took awesome pictures, like candid photos of me in old San Juan. We went to a few like beach towns where I took beautiful pictures of the water and palm trees and boats. And um, I even went to a sunflower uh, farm and I took these beautiful, vibrant pictures of the land and the mountains. And it was just awesome. And I remember getting a lot of engagement on that article because of all these beautiful pictures that I posted. And so it made sense to me very quickly that in order for me to have people click on my articles or go on my website is if I post, you know, these vibrant photos. A little bit after that, I have remember I went to Dominican Republic and I spent 10 days out there. It was five days in Punta Cana, which is like this very, I don't want to say that it's a touristic area because I know there are some areas that aren't, uh, but that's where a lot of the resorts are in Dominican Republic. My father, on the other hand, lives in Santo Domingo, which is the capital of um, Dominican Republic. And so when I went out there for 10 days, it was decided that I would spend five days in the resort, five days in Santo Domingo with my dad. And I just had this great idea that I would post an article on the different perspectives that I have in Dominican Republic. You know, the touristic side that's heavily Americanized and safe and gorgeous. But then you also have this other side, which is more authentic and real and local because, you know, my father lives out there and he has his own restaurant out there. So he really does feed his community. It's just awesome. I was really proud of the article that I wrote, too. But of course, on this vacation... I had 10 days worth of content. I had beautiful pictures of the resort, beautiful pictures of my father's neighborhood, along with obviously pictures of me in a bathing suit because I'm at this gorgeous resort. And, you know, why not? Now, I noticed for that entire week of me posting pictures, I would get so many likes on, you know, pictures of me in my bathing suit, pictures of the resort, pictures of, you know, my father's house. I was on Snapchat. I was on Instagram. And I noticed that when I finally posted the article, as far as, you know, promoting my article, I was posting a lot of those bikini pictures. And out of all of my articles, I received the most likes and the most engagement on this specifically because I was in a bathing suit. And I know it's it's so black and white. It's so obvious. You know, obviously, Nicole, you're going to get a lot of likes. You're in a bathing suit. Duh. A hundred percent. I told like no, like no shit. But it really something like kind of clicked in my head that I was like, okay, well, obviously, if I want people to go on my website or read my articles or have engagement on my Instagram, these are the pictures that people respond to. And so I just decided to connect both together. So I would post pictures of my bathing suit along with a caption on, hey, don't forget to catch up on an article that I just posted. Click the link in my bio. Like this was my way of sort of creating somewhat of like a business model on my Instagram page, because although writing felt safe for me, I still wanted something to come from it. And something that I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose track on it too much, but I don't know how many of my listeners work in the hospitality industry, but, and I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I'm going to speak for myself. 
that working in hospitality definitely has its pros and cons. The pros of it is obviously the main reason why I've been in it for so long. I've been in it for 12 years. But the con of it is that sometimes being in this industry, there's no true growth. It's a routine. It's a routine that you fall heavy into that it's hard to break. You make your own hours. You can pretty much take time whenever you want. The money, if you're at a good place, is consistent and it's easy and it's convenient. However, because it's an industry where there is no true growth and it's a routine and it's a job where you're at constant service of other people and you don't really get to live the kind of life you want to live as far as wanting to have weekends off and wanting to feel financially free, you kind of feel like you're stuck. It's an industry that quickly makes you feel stuck in life. Like like you're constantly missing out on something or you're constantly missing out on your true potential because you're at constant service of other people. And so I felt for a while that I didn't have a purpose or that it was difficult for me to find my purpose. And so although me diving into writing felt safe and fun for me, it was still something that I wanted a career out of. I wanted to get paid for it eventually. I wanted to find my purpose in it. You know what I'm saying? So when I was then finding this outline or this business model of, okay, well, in order to be noticed, I have to do it this way. I decided to do it this way. Um, But then it led to people making fun of me at work. So I remember being at work and you know, there would be some guys at work and they would like be in the kitchen and they'll like bend over a little bit, like kind of poking their ass out. And they'd be like, oh, I'm Nicole. I just posted an article. Click the link on my bio, you know, kind of making fun of me. And, you know, I laughed with them. I just thought it was funny. And I would sort of like hit them back in return like, well, you know, this is the only way people are going to read my article. So it's why you like my picture, right? You know, like, trying to defend myself. But it did feel kind of shitty that the only way I was getting this kind of recognition was by some, you know, kind of like sexualizing myself. And it sucked because writing and looking like an Instagram model are two different types of territory. Um, But it felt like that was the only way I was getting the engagement that I wanted. And so I just sort of fell off a little bit on it. Um, I wanted to be taken seriously. Um, So I still tried to focus on articles on other things like giving out advice. And, you know, I I slowly, I wasn't becoming as consistent. I don't want to blame it on the judgment that I received from it. But mainly because at that time, I started, I was starting to date somebody and I really fell into a dark place where I would talk about eventually. Uh, But just to kind of gloss over, I just was not at a good place. And I started to feel like the imposter syndrome started to really take over. This is the part where I started to feel like, what am I doing? I started to get really insecure. I started to feel like, you know, why am I posting articles and advice when I'm in this shitty situation and I can't find myself out of it. And I put myself there. I can't really blame anybody else. I put myself there, but I felt like, you know, who am I to give advice to people when I'm feeling like shit? 
how am I going to travel over here or travel over there when I have like $10 in my bank account and I'm fucking broke? You know, like, who do I think I am pretending like I have this life when I don't? Like, I felt like a fraud. And then I felt like a phony because, you know, the only re- the only way people are reading my articles is not because I'm a great writer. It's because I'm posting pictures of myself in a bikini. You know, then nobody takes me seriously. Like, are they even reading my articles or they're just liking my pictures? Like, you know, seeing that guy make fun of me in the kitchen, you know, I could laugh with them. But then I felt like, wait, is everybody laughing at me behind my back? You know, and it just it felt really frustrating. And I got extremely insecure and I just felt really shitty. And when I feel like this, um, it's something that I work on still. But I just I isolate myself like I don't like talking to nobody. I just want to be alone. I kind of disappear from everything. And I just I sort of gave up. And I took some time off and I was able to sort of bounce back from what I was feeling. I got a new job. Um, I was really starting to focus on myself, but I didn't want to lose sight of uh, writing articles. So I still did what I could. I still posted articles here and there. And then I started to gain weight. (laughs) And I gained weight. And I once again fell in a bad place. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to write. I didn't want to write because since I associated posting pictures with my articles and because I had gained weight, I was like, well, no one's going to read my articles unless I post pictures. And I don't want to post pictures because I gain weight. I don't feel pretty. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. I didn't think I was going to feel like this. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think it's just like kind of like thinking back on um that time. It was like really shitty. Um, give me a second. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It's just when I think about that time of my life, like it still makes me just like a little emotional, but I'm okay. So Um, aside from that, I remember thinking like, okay, well, if I'm not going to post content on my website, let me at least try to find a job, right? Because now I've accumulated five years worth of content on this website that I can kind of like use this as my resume. So I remember going on LinkedIn, Indeed, I would reach out to magazines or like online blogs or online magazines and sort of like submit my resume, attach my uh, website, cover letter, just to try to see if I could get a job. I mean, I even went as far as going on certain websites, looking at the writers, finding them on Instagram, sliding in their DMs and just being like, hey, I don't care if you don't pay me. I would love to see my work on your magazine or on your website, you know, just trying to find a job. Because even if I wasn't writing articles for myself and for my friends, I wanted to feel like I was still working towards my goal of becoming a professional writer. And I was just hearing no all around. I would write, I would, you know, do applications. I would 
email people and they wouldn't respond or they would, but they would say they weren't interested. And it just felt very discouraging. And I just felt like, wow, like I've been writing for five years and I'm, you know, I barely get engagement. You know, people tell me I'm a great writer. You know, when they read my articles, they they feel fully engaged and they like what I what they're reading. But everything as far as that just kind of plateaued. I wouldn't get more website clicks. I wouldn't get any more likes. And because I wasn't consistent anymore with it because of the things I was struggling with, it just, everything just kind of became a decline. And uh, people around me were getting opportunities that I wasn't getting. And that also kind of messed with me for a little bit because it just felt like, you know, I've been doing this for five years. This is the only thing that I felt like I really could do and that I felt good in. And I'm not really getting what I want out of it. And so that led for me to not writing for a whole year. I didn't write for an entire year. And it really messed with me because it just, I kind of felt back into this thing where it's like, I wasn't going to school. I wasn't writing anymore. You know, I, I didn't feel good about myself. And I once again felt stuck. I felt lost. And that's when I decided that I needed to take my power back somehow and I needed to really figure out what needed to be the next move because if there's one thing about me is that the reason why I isolate myself uh, when I go through things is I don't like when people feel bad for me I don't want people feeling bad for me and I don't like feeling bad for myself I can feel insecure I can feel the things that I feel um, but I I just, I shut down. It's actually one of the things why I go to therapy. Um, but I just needed to figure out a solution to my problems because I always feel, and this is like aside from a lot of things, I always feel like I'm running out of time. Like, it's weird. It's like, I always feel like I'm running out of time or like something's going to happen. And if I don't get it done fast, it's like, I'm going to run out of time and I'm going to miss the train. I'm going to miss the bus. I'm going to miss the opportunity. Um, so I sort of let myself feel like this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I went a whole year, you know, like not doing anything with my life because that's not true. Um, but for example, like I remember I traveled a lot over the summer and I didn't post any pictures and I didn't write an article and I didn't do what I said I was going to do because I felt fat in all the pictures that I took. And I just kept telling myself, nobody's going to read my articles unless I post the pictures that I used to post in the past. Um, there would be certain topics that I would want to talk about, but then it was like, I didn't want to talk about them because I wasn't comfortable with being that vulnerable because then I also felt like, oh, if I'm this vulnerable, people are going to feel satisfied with how shitty I'm feeling, you know? And that's really toxic of, that's like a really toxic way of thinking, but it's how I felt. I felt like people would feel happy if they knew I was struggling or they would feel more secure about themselves if they knew that I was, you know, struggling somehow. So I didn't want to be vulnerable. And I wanted to write articles on advice on being positive. But why would I write that if I didn't feel positive? Or if I didn't feel like I was mastering my own issues? Who am I to write, you know, otherwise? And so I just stopped. So that's when I was like, I need to get my power back. I need to figure out a solution to what I'm feeling. So I wrote down a list. Now, this is how I chose self-love over self-doubt. 
So this is the part, okay? This is it. So I wrote a list of all of the issues that I felt, okay? Those issues were I gained weight. I'm insecure about my face. I'm insecure about my where I am in my life. Um, uh, what else? What else did I write on that list? Oh, I felt bad that I wasn't in school anymore. I felt like a loser, you know? I didn't like how I was feeling about myself internally, right? Point is, I wrote down a list of all of the problems that I felt that I was going through in my life. And then once I wrote down that list, on the right of that list, so opposite to the list, I then went one by one after every issue and every problem that I felt, and I just wrote down a solution. So one problem, I felt like a loser because I wasn't in school. Okay, great. Go back to school. That's a solution. Figure out a way. Um, I was insecure about my face. Okay, great. What is it about your face that you're insecure about? What can you do to fix it? Truthfully, like, what is it? Um, you know, I feel like I was stuck as far as like, you know, I'm not writing anymore. Nobody's reading my stuff. You know, why do I feel like this? And then it was just like, either keep writing or find a new hobby. You know, like find something new, find something else, change it up. And so once I wrote down all my solutions, I then just knocked everything out one by one. Once I made this list, no lie, is when the pandemic hit. Because technically that summer, I was going to go to Europe with my mom. Um, we were going to go to like four different countries in a span of three weeks. It would have been her first time going to Europe. It would have been my third time. And I was so excited to go. And I was also sort of like using this trip as a way to bounce back into my writing um, and like posting pictures. And at the time I was like, okay, I'm going to lose weight for real. Like I was going to the gym. I was eating healthy. Um, I was coming up with like financial plans so that I could have enough money. I remember I... um. I bought or not bought, but I did the smile direct club, which for those who don't know what smile direct club is, it's almost like bite or like Invisalign. It's like the invisible braces to straighten your teeth. And so I, um, I like, like I bought a membership to that. So I was like, okay, great. Like if I keep doing this by six months, I'll have straight teeth. Like I have, every, I, you're like, I was starting to really get the ball rolling and I was feeling really good about myself. And then, um, pandemic hit. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and so I kind of struggled for a little bit to bounce back during that time because the global pandemic hit us really hard and it was so unexpected and nobody felt prepared for it. Um, but I remember I still wrote an article, which is five what did I say? Uh, what was the article's name? God damn it. It was like finding peace during the pause, five ways I've kept calm. And I felt really good about that article. And I wrote it and I felt really good. And, you know, I was, I still did some traveling. I still posted pictures of myself, even though I didn't feel like I looked that great in them. You know, I felt like I did look a little chunky in some of the photos. I was like, well, you know what? It's so funny because I say that and go down my Instagram where I went to Nashville, where I went to Arizona, you know, where I went to New York. And a lot of you will be like, bitch, you look the same. OK, great. Fine. I look the same, but I don't feel like I look the same. And so just, yeah, um, I used to be skinnier than that. And I'm just used to being anorexic skinny. I know that's not funny, but it's the truth. I'm used to being that skinny and I'm not I'm not like that anymore. And so 
I I worked on posting articles and posting content and I and I bounced back. I really did. And I know that I did when I look back on the things that I wrote, like the Japanese restaurants I visited or that I ate at that I recommend people to go to, things like that. However, I um kind of fell now I would I don't want to say that I fell back into the same way um as before before. But then I had to really come to terms with myself and realize that my writing had nothing to do with my talent. It had nothing to do with my interests or my engagement. It just had to do with the fact that people don't read anymore. And it actually took me going to college now and studying business that made me realize that it's good to stay focused and be determined in your goals. But sometimes when something is not working to the standard that you want it to work, it's not because you're not talented enough or because you're not, I don't know, good enough for it. It's because it's not working. And that's when you need to try something different. It's almost like when a business promotes a product, right? And as as passionate as they could be about it and as you know, and yeah, as passionate as they could feel about it, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't sell, if it doesn't attract your consumer, then you need to rebrand. You need to try another product, redesign it, change the formula. You have to do something different in order to get people to want it. And that is a mindset I needed to adapt because it was a, it was a mindset that I didn't have. You know, I kept thinking, well, you know, when I was writing content or when I was writing articles and not getting the feedback I wanted or getting the jobs that I wanted out of it, a lot of people would just kind of say, oh, well, are you trying hard enough? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And it's just like, what the fuck? I've been writing for five years. I've been posting articles for five years. I've been taking photos, finding keywords. You know, maybe I didn't redesign my website, but I tried my best and I tried it to the standard that I could. But the truth was, people aren't reading anymore like they used to. And unfortunately, my audience, my demographic, they don't care about that stuff. Maybe the older generation still reads and maybe there's only a handful of people that do still read. But my audience, my people, the people that look at my things, my stuff, they don't. So it's almost like, it's almost like I was feeding dog food to cats. <laughs> like, yeah, some of them would eat it, but the majority didn't. And if I wanted to be heard, if I wanted my audience to be engaged, if I wanted to find success in the creative space that I was in, I had to change my formula. I had to change my perspective. I had to change what I was doing. And that's when I pretty much got into podcasting and I sort of put writing into the back burner. And that's how I here where I'm at now. And so that is how I've chosen self-love over self-doubt and how I dealt with feeling my imposter syndrome. You know, it paralyzed me for almost two whole years because I felt like I wasn't a good enough writer. I felt like I wasn't pretty enough to get the engagement that I wanted. I didn't feel like I looked the part. I didn't feel like I was the part. Other people in my life were getting these amazing opportunities that I wasn't getting that I felt like I was working so hard to try to obtain and I wasn't. I felt stuck and it was exhausting, paralyzing and really emotional for me. And 
again, it doesn't help that I shut down when I feel those feelings. You know, for some people, it's sort of they are able to convert those feelings into power and thrive harder and work harder. Yeah, no, not me. I feel like that. And I fucking shut down. Like I don't, it's, it's almost like, you know, like, what am I doing? Is it? Yeah, like I give up, you know, and it's a shitty ass feeling. And what I'm saying to you now is just, no, think, just write down a list of all the things you feel shitty about and all the things you're insecure about and all the things that you struggle with. And then on the opposite side of that list, pretend that your friend is telling you these issues pretend your daughter is telling you these issues or your son or your niece or your nephew or your little cousin or anybody in your life that is the most precious to you imagine them telling you those same issues you wrote down as if they were telling you and what advice you would give them and write down those solutions and then just follow that list step by step how every problem you have and the solution you could come up with it how you can do it. And don't think about, well, I could do that, but I can't do that because of this, because of that, because of no. Just whatever one is the easiest, knock that one out first. And then the next one, and then the next one, and then you will find yourself at a much better place. And that is how I now approach the issues I have in my life now when it comes to dealing with imposter syndrome and how I choose self-love over self-doubt. Now, even after everything that's happened to me, it does, it, I've always felt like I was starting from scratch again, you know, being 28 years old, going back to school, that felt like, damn, like, I feel like I'm left behind once again, you know, or having written articles for five years or trying to do YouTube for two years, you know, it's like I have eight years, what feels wasted of being in the creative space. And now I am here trying to make it with now podcasting. Listen, something that I want to say my mom told me is instead of looking at as you wasted eight years of being in the creative space, just look at it as you now having eight years of experience in the creative space that would now help you succeed in the future and help you succeed for the next eight years and the next eight years and the next eight years. So I really hope that my experience overall really helps you and it made sense as far as the title of this episode because it's a lot and I feel like I'm at a better place now you know therapy focusing on myself focusing on my goals I didn't realize how emotional this episode was going to be but I really hope it helps anybody who has felt like this, or maybe not even so much as experiencing imposter syndrome, but just feeling stuck in life or feeling insecure about where they are in life. Just know like Instagram is just a big fucking fraud. Okay. Instagram is literally like a thin layer of the surface of what is really out there in someone's world. Okay. I'm not saying like, I'm miserable and depressed. No, I'm not saying that. But go down my Instagram and I promise you, you would have never guessed. You just, you would have never known. You would have never guessed. So don't get caught up on that either. I remember reading an article one time and this girl said, Instagram, like pictures, show a million lies and only one truth. And literally that one truth is that that person is sitting on that chair taking that photograph. That's it. 
whatever else you are assuming that you see in that picture is a fucking lie. Okay? So always remember that. Something that I remind myself oftentimes too. Well, again, I hope this episode helped. I adore you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions, please send them in. I'm excited to record a new episode. I might record a bonus episode this week. We'll see. But for now, I love you guys. I adore you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time.